You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into Purple Daily, the live Friday feedback version. It's Judd, it's Declan. If you're asking where uh, Phil is, Phil is taking a well-deserved day off to uh, to regroup after the draft, after all of the things that have gone on. But that does not mean Purple Daily stops because it's a 365-day-a-year show. And that does not mean that there are not questions from you that we always enjoy answering on Fridays. And with that, turn it over to Declan, who has those questions mainly because i myself didn't want to look at the questions yeah. i love to respond to them exactly exactly so feedback friday purple daily we now go live on fridays this is now our new thing uh during the off season at least maybe we'll carry this into the season i don't know i like the live components happens. i love the live components too i, I like our the audience comments. does yes of course we love our comments uh yeah this is a live edition so if you're watching this live on purple daily hit that subscribe button for daily minnesota vikings entertainment drop a comment in the youtube section we might be able to even get to it on this episode or a future episode of feedback friday here on purple daily uh, judd it's a heavy daniel hunter uh feed batch of feedback here that i want to get into with you so we'll get into that in just a second but a shout out to my friends at the meadows at mystic lake one of the most uh, award-winning and scenic golf courses on the planet one of the few places, if you've actually put a camera on me, for whatever reason, I can drill a putt from more than three feet. Uh, go to golfthemeadows.com to book these tee times. That's golfthemeadows.com. Glorious day, glorious weekend here in the Twin Cities. Enjoy yourself at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Go check them out. Uh, support our sponsors. That's the best thing you can do for us here at Score North and Purple Daily and Mackey and Judd. Support our sponsors. It helps them out. And, of course, it helps us out. Golfthemeadows.com to learn more. All right, my friend. Let's get into some feedback here on the live edition of Purple Daily Feedback. Ray chimes in and Ray says, the idea of paying Daniil Hunter is scary as hell. He is the type of dude who would take the giant contract then do bare minimum until retirement. If they're going to pay him, it should be heavily incentive based. If you won't go for that, then you have to trade him. What do you think of his assessment there of Daniil Hunter and why it's scary as hell, quote unquote, to pay that man? Well, I get the point with the injury history since he missed what uh, he had a disc problem in his neck in 2020, missed the entire year, 21, very different injury, but got hurt and I think missed half the season. I guess I'm going to have to disagree because I have never thought of him as taking the payday and not playing really, really hard. Like there's, I've, I've never heard that knock. I've never seen, I can't criticize him from anything I've seen that says that he would take the big contract that being said i don't disagree with the point which is yes he is an aging player he's what 29 at this point so he's still not old but he is certainly not young by athlete standards Mm -hmm. and what concerns me is it's not him not working as hard as possible it's the injury history which is why i think what you do is give him a two or three year contract ideally what i would like is a three-year contract that's really uh, a two-year deal so the third year basically would void out or something like that, which obviously is legal. 
Um, I would prefer not to go beyond that with him, but I think he has, if healthy, I mean, hell, Dex playing in a system that didn't really fit him last year. He had 10 and a half sacks, which led the team. So I would be very comfortable with a two-year contract. Um, but yeah, if we're talking about like a, a five-year deal that's really four or something like that, that does get to scare me. But just to defend him, I've never thought of him as being a take the big payday and not work his ass off. Um, I think he's a hell of a player when healthy. And I think that you've always basically gotten maximum effort. If you thought that you didn't last year, I understand that. But that was as much on the system. And yes, on Ed, Easy Ed, who thankfully is now gone Ed. That was on him. I never looked at Daniil and said he's not trying his hardest. Absolutely. And I think what what stinks about um, Daniil Hunter's career, I guess, is, yeah, the injury missed all of 2020. He misses half of 2021. So, I mean, what? Doing the math there, that's about 28 games that he basically missed or so, um, uh, or, or 25, 26 games. And he, before that, was on a trajectory. I mean, Judd, he was, you could make a case he was on the path for a Hall of Fame career. He's one of the best defensive ends. He came in when he was drafted in the NFL as one of the youngest players in the entire league. Uh, and he got off right away. He wasn't a starter, but he was, you know, used situationally. Zimmer kind of molded him up a little bit. And he was this freak raw athlete that turned into an elite pass rusher. And there's certainly a really good pass rusher in there. I just think, um, I wouldn't say he's over the hill, but the elite play that we probably saw from him during his peak of his first five years in the NFL, I don't know if that's going to be replicated again. And I think that's what scares me about extending him long-term. If he's in the market for you know this Judd plan of a two-year heavy guaranteed he money. money. He wants money. And I like that. You know, I, I get that. That's what but, he wants, and I don't blame him. But uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that either. Uh, more feedback here on Daniil. And this is also regarding the Zadarius Smith trade. Mike chimes in and says, we definitely won this trade, meaning the Zadarius Smith trade, wow. because the money wouldn't have been the money wouldn't have been more valuable in free agency because we need it in an attempt to keep Daniil Hunter. So right now the Vikings, I believe, have about 10 in space. That will go up to 20 whenever they move on mm-hmm. from the running back Dalvin Cook. Um, so it is interesting what they're trying to do here. It feels like they're freeing up cap space for a potential Daniil Hunter extension. What is your kind of sense there? What I, what I have heard through the grapevine is that it's actually going to be the departure of Dalvin cook and the money he's going to save them. That's going to go to Hunter. So the Smith thing, I think the Smith thing was also about obviously freeing up cap space, but make no mistake. The thing with Zadarius was they wanted to keep him. And he didn't want to be here. And it was certainly financial. I don't know if it went beyond that. But, yeah, I think when in the next, I don't know, it would probably be in the next few weeks that Dalvin is probably traded and or just gone. Um, I think that's when they're going to be, I think that's what they're going to then bank to address Hunter's uh, contract extension. But you know what? You've still got Hawkinson's extension. You've still got a deal. Now it's going to be structured differently, and he's not going to get paid for it for two more years, but Justin Jefferson. Like, so, yes, it makes I, – I, I'm probably not as concerned about Phil, about all of the space potentially being fr- freed up because it's going to go somewhere. And if that also means that you stop sticking void years in which you're going to have to pay guys for not playing here, that's a positive as well. So, yeah, I, the Zedarius thing, I think, wasn't probably as closely tied to, to Daniil as we think financially. But sure. him being gone also is why – I don't think at this point in time it makes a lot of sense if you think that you're going to be competitive and offensively they should be. I don't think it makes a lot of sense to jettison Zedarius and Daniil. 
Like you can't just replace those two. So long-term you probably can, but yeah, Daniil Hunter, I, I now think is going to get an extension, but I don't think it's going to be five years. And that's where else the Davenport thing becomes so interesting. So they take the one-year flyer on a guy who gets a lot of pressure, maybe doesn't get the results in sacks necessarily. Um, But that's also another good monster there and kind of an insurance policy, right? Like let's say things do go wonky with Daniil Hunter and Davenport has a good year. You can potentially still lock up Davenport, whether they're playing together or they're playing separately um, after 2023. I I really like that Davenport signing as well. So I think there's, options here on the defensive line i i'm i'm in the camp judd that you need as many playmakers as possible to rush the passer it's just it's a pass rushing league now and those those finding those elite guys is tough don't get me wrong but i think you need as many options and as many bodies there as possible if you can't rush the passer i mean you're you're screwed you are just you You don't have to get sacks you have to get pressure and if, if you get pressure that's going to mitigate what's expected from the cornerbacks because the quarterback will be under pressure and will make bad throws. The other thing on Hunter I'm really curious to see, and we have no idea yet, hopefully we'll start to get somewhat of an idea, is how Hunter is going to be used in Brian Flores' base 3-4 scheme. Because I think we can all agree that Donatel didn't exactly maximize him. And, you know, football has become, I mean, yes, you could call your uh, base defense a 3-4, but you're still going to change things around. And I got to think Daniil Hunter is going to have his hand in the dirt more. Mm-hmm. He's just better there, which is absolutely fine. You, you know, Zadarius came from a 3-4. So he was used to b- being a quote-unquote outside linebacker who rushed. Daniil was a hand-in-the-ground guy. And look, I have no problem with him being used in, in a versatile role. But you got to think Brian Flores. Like if Daniil had 10 and a half sacks in Donatel's system, and this system is going to be completely different, same base, but it's going to be completely different. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Daniil had at least one more just huge year playing in a system in which he's featured more with Ed, it didn't feel like that was ever given priority. Devil Dog 86290 on the YouTube comment section says, bring in Flores, then dump your best players on D. Got to keep Hunter at least for a year or two. And I would have to imagine Brian Flores is coming in here saying, yeah, you're not trading probably my best player on defense, Daniil Hunter. I need that guy around. That makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a, a lot of sense. I got There's got to be a happy medium in which Daniil gets paid very well short term. And, and, you know, keep in mind, too. So Daniil and, uh, held out of minicamp, or I'm sorry, he held out of OTAs for a while in, what was it, 2020 or 21? And they reward they rewarded him by giving him more up front, but at that point in time, they didn't redo his contract. He didn't get an extension. Right. So like this, so like going into the last year of this contract, for which there's no way he's going to take that small of a base salary, Declan. This is the first time that that he figures to cash out. The last time he literally was given just more of his money up front. He wasn't given a new contract per se. Let's transition uh, to some other Vikings feedback here on Purple Daily. Look at a little Jaron Hall feedback. This is always a good place to go into. In fact, there'll be uh, some more Jaron Hall conversation with our guy Chip Scoggins on Purple Access this weekend. Even some Bentline conversations on Jaron Hall, too. So this is your Jaron Hall home. All you guys like to talk about is Kirk's successor. So uh, a little Jaron Hall feedback here now on Purple Daily. Anthony says, the Jaron Hall pick is just KLC showing us what we should expect in future at Vikings quarterback draft picks. More mobility. So he's saying... Jaron Hall having more mobility and also Kevin O'Connell being the offensive guy, being the guy can mold that piece of clay uh, that is the quarterback and finding that draft pick that can be your franchise dude. 
I agree with Anthony here. More shots at quarterback and also more shots at quarterbacks that I think are more realistic in 2023 that can move around and do a lot more traditional things and just stand there and throw passes. Don't get mad at the messenger here, but I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that as the Vikings discussed who, which one of these um, college quarterbacks to take late, that Jaron Hall was compared to, or at least the name Russell Wilson was th- thrown out. Uh, similar build. Uh, as far as height goes, um, both are, are are stocky, low, so they're stronger um, in the legs, or at least they look that way. And so, yeah, there's no, there is no doubt that. Look, Kevin O'Connell is not going to, unless he gets a guy like Peyton, he's not going to target a pocket passer unless it's just an absolutely elite guy. You can do more when the guy can. And I understand Kirk can run. Okay, so I'm not trying to say he can't run. He he has run before. But that's not part of his arsenal, really. And so, you know, we have entered a league now, and we discussed this uh, on Thursday, too, where this league now has taken many pages from college offense playbooks. And that puts a priority on being able to do more, to use your legs, to scramble and make throws. And so, yes, Jaron Hall, Jaron Hall probably is not the guy, but he fits a template that I think is a tell, and I don't blame him, for what Kevin O'Connell would like to coach. Groovy Skeptic on Jaron Hall says, looking at some Jaron Hall tape, he's got the tools and with KOC's affirmative-centric teaching style. Wow, love that. Affirmative? Affirming? Affirmative. Affirming. Affirming. Affirming-centric yes, teaching style. He reaffirms, yes. He's he's a positive teacher. Yep. It's hard to think that young man won't succeed, whether as a starter or a backup. I love the culture here. Uh, Judd, you were around practice yes, uh, last year, obviously, a lot. You are around the team last year a lot. You are around Mike Zimmer. You've been around Brad Childress. You've been around Les. seen a lot of different Ticey. Vikings coaches. Ticey. Can't, can't, can't forget our guy, Ticey. Yeah. Um, pencil in the year and everything. Uh, but with Kevin O'Connell, what, what is the difference? Uh, at least, you know, I know we're in only year two now. I'm entering the KOC era. What's, what's kind of Kevin O'Connell's thing that he hangs his hat on with his culture? What, what is, what's different about his culture than maybe – other Vikings head coaches in the past. Well, just to compare it to the guy that he um, that he succeeded in Zimmer, it, his culture or his approach is one of far more um, less pressure on players. Like there was, and things were miserable by 2021. But that training camp, the air was so thick with tension that you could have cut it. And Mike was miserable, and that team was an extension of of that. You know. The stuff that Kendricks and O'Neill said after Mike got fired wasn't Mike the entire time. Like, he was always a hard ass, but he wasn't. It got, I mean, that last year was brutal. And I really think that th- those guys were specifically talking about the last two years. Is Kevin O'Connell wound tight? Absolutely. I could tell you behind the scenes, like, he is a nice, gregarious, young man, good-looking guy, but he <laughs> is wound tight. Um, but he also, I think, is has a better sense of, and he's young, so he's got a better sense of, of what the, these players need from affirming and reaffirming things. And the other just seismic shift, which he's proud of, and he was hired because of this, is look at the side of the ball he coaches. And so, yes, I mean, Mike spent a ton of time watching defense, coaching defense, and consulting on the offensive side of things. Kevin does the exact opposite. And in talking about just a small snapshot last week, Dex, in talking about Jaron Hall, he started off by saying, you know, I'm trying to 
do this and do that, but not too much here. But by the end of talking about, about him, he basically said the quarter, the quarterback coach and assistant QB coach probably got tired of me being around Jaron today, but they're going to have to get used to that. So like right. he is going, he is going to be incredibly hands-on with a position that he should be because he is going, he is his, at the end of the day, when he gets done here, it could be in five years. It could be in two years. It could be in 20 years. The main focus is going to be, did he win a Super Bowl and did he develop a quarterback? And mm-hmm. so that's that's his that's his baby. That's his right. thing. Um, but yeah, there is just a far more relaxed. It's not that it's not workmanlike as it is, but there's a far more relaxed, far less tension with Kevin um, that Mike, especially that last year, was completely different. I, I'm never going to say that he was good, but Kellen Mond didn't stand a chance. I mean, Kellen Mond also was probably just a bust, but he didn't stand a chance. If there was ever a place to plop him into and not help him out, he found the place and it was here, unfortunately. A little more feedback here coming at you on Purple Daily, but first let me uh, let me talk about my friends at 3Jack here in the North Loop. So sometimes the weather is not great for golf season. Okay, I know, I know it's summertime. We all want to get out there and golf a little bit, and don't get me wrong, that is certainly me. But sometimes the weather doesn't allow me to play. So how about I go to my friends at 3Jack, and I book a simulator. I enjoy some of the great nachos. I enjoy some great burgers. Mackie, Judd, and myself love the nachos. Great fried chicken sandwiches. Great steak sandwiches. A great overall just vibe at 3Jack. You go to 3Jack.com to book a simulator bay uh, right now. Go to 3Jack.com. Check out their availabilities. During Viking season, they actually put the game on. So if you want to you know, drive a ball at, at Kirk Cousins or anyone on the Vikings team or, or maybe Dan Campbell, Take out some of those kneecaps. You can do that at 3Jack, okay? So go to 3Jack.com. Go check them out. Go support our sponsors. Shout out to 3Jack in the North Loop. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Uh, Judd, I have a reckless, I don't have the sounder with me here because we're, we're producing from home, and mm-hmm. as you can see, old Dex Tweets is in the middle of a move, so I'm surrounded by boxes, and I got the 50-inch TV is right here off the wall hanging on the bed, plenty of uh, crap around, but some reckless speculation here. Let's, uh, this is from Tyler. And this is big. This is kind of juicy. Would you trade Justin Jefferson for the number one pick in next year's draft, assuming that pick will be Caleb Williams? I want to do it. You aren't going to win a Super Bowl because of an A-plus receiver like Jefferson, but you can with the franchise Hall of Fame QB. It's worth the risk. We've had Hall of Fame receivers. Never have had a Hall of Famer since Fran Tarkington. Uh, so that's his, that is his feedback. But Judd, it will, it will certainly take more than just Justin Jefferson going up. Uh, to number one, it will take future draft picks, all yeah. that noise. What do you think of his idea, though, to trade a franchise altering and one of the best receivers in the NFL to move up in the NFL draft? I think the problem is what you just said. I, I think the, pro, the the biggest sticking point is no team in their right mind would make that trade. So, like, you you can't just be – and so now they say, okay, we want Jefferson. We want your two first-round picks after that. We want this and that. So it's not a good starting point. Like, why would you want to trade – your best player as a starting point. 
There is no way that the team that gets the first pick is going to swap as, as good as JJ is that they're going to just make that straight swap. So I, I think it's a terrible starting point. Like I, I love the, I love the hot take reckless speculation idea, but you know, but now you're what trading Jefferson, a couple of first round picks, something else. I don't know what it's going to take, but I mean, this guy right now, and this could change completely uh, as we get into college football, this guy is seen, I think is a pretty damn generational talent. And it feels like he is seen as a, is a, as a superior uh, quarterback to what was available in this class. So yeah, it's a non-starter for me because I'm not going to trade my best player and then have to add on that. That makes no sense to me. I'm sure Justin Jefferson's very money motivated here. He wants the bag. He's the one of the, he is probably the best receiver in the NFL. I saw our buddy, uh, Matthew Collar write about this at bring me the news the other day that they obviously want to keep him. The Vikings of course want to pay him, but will Jefferson sign the contract? You know, will will Jefferson basically will Jefferson's camp or will Jefferson play oh, yeah. a little bit of hardball? Which nope. I'm, sh- you don't think they will. He'll he'll get. Well, that they'll back. play hardball. They'll play hardball, but he's staying here be- because of of this. He has two years left on, on his contract. You have to separate salary cap manipulation with a real contract. Okay, mm-hmm. just a Jefferson. If he does not sign like this this spring or or I'm sorry this summer, if he does not sign. He has two years left on a contract that for his talent pays him nothing. If he gets hurt and it's football, he is screwed six ways to Sunday. Hmm. So he'll sign that contract because it will provide guaranteed. And and keep in mind, you can, so the contract technically doesn't kick in, but you can then play with the cap and you can get some of the guarantees up front, I think. So why would he, it's not like baseball where I think you bank on yourself and you're like, I probably won't get hurt. If Justin Jefferson's knee blows out in week six this year and he's on that contract and his career is irreparably uh, damaged, he's completely screwed. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's not really a debate here unless he wants to bet on himself and bet that he won't get hurt, which I think is a long shot. And the Vikings in a cap league are going to pay him what he can get. So, like, this isn't a he's going to go break the bank. Like, the Lions have all of this money, right? I mean, the Vikings are going to create as much as they have to and pay him. So I have, in this one, I have zero fear that he is going to try and escape. I think he wants the contract, he deserves it, and it's a perfect fit because he'll then have some security. Yeah, you know, um, they have a nice insurance policy, I guess, in Jordan Addison, but I I, I see no scenario where Justin Jefferson basically walks away or, or plays no. some type of uh, a difficulty or hardball or, or plays his way out of Minnesota. I'd be shocked if that happens. Uh, here's a off the wall comment. Uh, it's from big liquor on YouTube, but he says, what is your favorite cereal sports dad? Are you a big cereal guy? And if you're not, what was your favorite cereal maybe as a kid? Well, I used to love uh, when I was a kid, I used to love um, um, like captain crunch. Oh yeah. Love and bot and, and baseball box scores. So like I would down three bowls and like just look through and read baseball box scores. I am a lactose intolerant guy now. Oh, but I like dry cereal, which a lot of oh, people yeah. consider odd. No, um, uh, I'm, me, I've me more like gone. That. I've more gone to um, um, stuff that's health health healthier though, like a special K's and stuff. Because the sugar the sugar stuff's great, but it's just mm-hmm. awful for you. So I I really do try to avoid. The stuff I, I liked as a kid. I also like, I don't know if they still ha- have this. 
um, Flintstones cereal. It, it was like like fruity fruity pebbles. pebbles? Yeah. yeah, love that stuff. Terrible for you. Oh, it's awful, and they never filled you up. I mean, it, it they're you'd have to eat like four bowls to feel remotely, you know, somewhat full. Um, yep. I loved. Uh, that's weird. That this may be why maybe you're destined to uh, be talking sports together because that's what I did as a kid. I'd pour bowls of cereal and look at box scores in the Pioneer Press. That's what that's what I did. You know, every morning basically from age as as young as I can remember till I basically walked out the door for high school graduation. Um, I was a big Honey Nut Cheerios guy. I liked Captain Crunch. I liked Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But uh, to your point about healthier, and people sleep on this one. Life cereal's great. Life, oh, yeah. Li- li- life, life was cereal? Good. Yeah. I, I, could, I, could I haven't had it in years, but it, it was good. Mikey Gotta, likes it, right? Yeah, we got, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. Mikey of, likes it. There's a lot of comments coming here. Agree on the Reese's Puffs. There's uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is godlike. Yes, there are. There's some great. <laughs> Put great up Malik's cereal. comment. Judd looks like a, like Flintstone. a Flintstone. Yeah, my dad oh, okay, would that's hilarious because because the lovely Dawn o- often says that I approach life like Fred. Like Fred. Yep. Because I like will break stuff and stuff, and she's got she she's like you got those big Flintstone hands. Yeah. You grab a door and accidentally pull it off the thing or something. Is is uh last thing on this, and we'll get back a couple more feedback comments. Are is uh Dawn more the handy woman in the in the house? Oh yeah. yeah, I can't fix a thing. Join the club. I All try right. and do work though. Like I, I I do contribute a lot. I do dishes a lot. I'll you know I I try and in, in fact in the last year or so I I have basically become the become mostly the sole laundry guy. So okay. I do try to help, but I can't fix a damn thing. I cannot fix a damn thing. She she can. It's not that she does a ton of it, but she can fix stuff. Her dad taught her. Okay. My my parent. Well, my mom actually could fix stuff. My dad couldn't fix a thing either. No. So I am I am hopeless. I need people. I need guys. Yes. In yes. fact, we're going to be talking about Finch Home Solutions yeah. on Monday because right. Finch Home Solutions is my electrical guys, and they fix my basement light so I could actually see while doing said laundry. Shout out to Cody Finch, my guy Noah Priner too, our friends right. at Finch Home Solutions coming back here. We'll have more on that on Monday. A couple more things here on Feedback Friday. Jamie says the schedule is way harder in 2023. They'll be lucky to win eight games this year. I believe the over-under for Vegas right now is, I think, eight and a half. So I've, she's yeah. she's saying it's lucky that even they'll get to eight. I've got them at nine and eight. I, think I, I don't disagree with 10. her. Yeah. I don't disagree. It's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough how how it falls out. Oh, now now Jason said I resemble Barney Rubble. No, I look like Fred. Let's call Barney a spade Rubble. a spade here. I do not look like Barney Rubble. No, I look like Fred. Yeah, actually, um, I was not a Flintstones fan, but I now I kind of can't unsee the Fred Flintstone. No, I I, I think also my gen, it it you know missed me. You know because by the time in mid nineties, I think it already had his heyday, and you know new cartoons oh, it was in the were, 60s, were in the exactly. The Flintstones so was. Me. The Flintstones was the first ever primetime cartoon. Wow. That was a primetime show, like The Simpsons. It was a primetime show. And if, if you go, go back and, and watch this, speaking of stuff that you that you would not appreciate or like, there, there's an old show from the 50s, I think early 60s, called The, the Honeymooners with Jackie Gleason, and, the, and which I'm sure your dad watched. Mm-hmm. And The Honeymooners is the basis then for a cartoon. I just always thought that The Flintstones was funnier okay and so jetsons fan did you like the jetsons yeah i didn't love it because i'm not a big sci-fi guy and i know it was just a spoof and funny 
but yeah, and a great theme song. Oh yeah, it, it is an all time game. Yeah, it, I mean it's a great music. theme yes. song. Back when yeah. theme songs ruled the day, I miss theme songs. I was more, you know, I was more of the uh, SpongeBob generation, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon at its Yeah, peak. you're a kid. You're yeah. a, you're a kid compared. Yeah. And, and look, I I watched the Flintstones when I got home from school, so it's not like I saw okay. it live. So okay. I, I mean, it missed you by a good yeah thir- 35, 30 years, thirty yeah. years probably. But my my mom loved old. You know, my mom and I used to watch, even as like a teenager, we would watch the old school cartoons, not just like Looney Tunes and, and that stuff, but like legit, just old school boomerang network cartoons just Tom and off Jerry? the wall. Yeah, like Tom and Jerry, but not even like brand, not like just, uh, not like, you know, the household names, just okay. funny old cartoons that, yep. would, that would be on and stuff back in, back in the day. I loved, loved watching that. Yep. Uh, last thing here on, on the Feedback Friday edition of Purple Daily. Ian says, I don't know how people look at our schedule and think we won't win 10 games minimum. So Ian's actually buying the stock that minimum floor 10 wins for the Vikings. I think when I look at the schedule, Judd, it just, for me, I think the top end quarterbacks are the scary part, right? Like you're playing four of probably the five best QBs in the NFL next season. And I think that's kind of what scares me a little bit. Well, the start is incredibly difficult. Like, yes, Tampa, and to to your point, you need to beat uh, the Buccaneers here on opening day. But after that, Thursday at Philadelphia, so that's a short week. Uh, you know, within what the first five games, you've got Justin Herbert. Then, so you, so you go from you go from Jalen Hurts to Justin Herbert, and then a couple weeks after that, Patrick Mahomes. It, the issue is there is a portion of their schedule where they're probably going to need to clean up and win a lot, and that's pressure. And the the other problem is and I've always talked about this, we never know by approximately November 1st what teams that look good or bad now, how they're going to look then. So, like, it's very hard to, like, look at a game in mid-November and be like, I am certain that that team is going to suck, right? (laughs) So, like, we don't don't know. Um, So there's just a lot of things, but I do agree with the notion that this schedule is definitely tougher. How about Jim here? Phil is Fred, Judd is Barney, and Dex is Bam Bam. It'd be Bam Bam. bam. I could be a little Bam Bam. There's bam Bam. I just don't see myself as Barney, and I don't take offense to to it. I just have always thought that I'm far more of a Fred looking guy. Bar- Barney was squat because I I think Phil would be Barney, wouldn't he? Probably. I I, I didn't watch enough Flintstones to really to really even. Have, I mean, I know who those characters are. I could see. You them know what? You I want on screen. Photoshop us in the costumes. Okay. Because I'd like the Fred. Yep. His his red and what it was uh it was like orange and polka like was it was like a leopard spotted leopard right? leopard yes. yes and and then and then a fill in the brown Barney thing I that would be this. a great great job I like that I like it all right that's gonna do it for feedback Friday edition here of Purple Daily hit the subscribe button Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment again some purple access with Chip Scoggins coming at you on Saturday a vent line episode with some Vikings fans as well here. So hit the subscribe button. OTAs coming up next week, right, Judd? Tuesday. We got to work something out because mm-hmm. they start at 1150 or so. So we're going to have to call an audible in the programming day because I got to get out there and feed you content. That's right. All right. Hit that subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports and Minnesota Vikings entertainment. We'll be back on Monday.